Hello, queers. You're listening to Movies All La Queer. This is Sarita Ramirez, and Happy New Year. It is finally 2021. We have left 2020 and all of its disease, both literally and figuratively speaking, behind. Well, at least I hope so. The state of the world is still a bit fragile and people still decide not to wear their masks. What better way to welcome the new year than with some real, dark, fascinating thrillers? On this episode, I'd like to dive into a film that I've only watched recently for the first time. A film exploring betrayal, first love, eroticism, cons, and so much more. A film that is unlike any other film that I've done on the podcast. And I can't wait to share it with those who are horror, psychological thriller loving junkies like myself. And if you haven't seen the title of this episode yet, we are talking about South Korea's 2016, The Handmaiden. also known as Agassi, is a 2016 South Korean erotic and psychological thriller directed by Chan Wook Park, starring Kim Min Hee, Kim Tae-ri, and Jung Woo Ha. In the IMDb, its synopsis is, a woman is hired as a handmaiden to a Japanese heiress, but secretly she is involved in a plot to defraud her. I will not be including the trailer in this episode, but I will link it in the description. It's also all over YouTube and Amazon Prime and IMDb as well. So I came to learn after watching the film that it's an adaptation of a 2002 Sarah Waters novel called Fingersmith. For those that don't know, Sarah Waters has written other lesbian-filled fiction, surely available wherever you get your books. And then after doing some digging and spark noting Fingersmith, since I will be honest, I have not read it, I came to find that the movie, The Handmaiden, has stayed pretty true to the book, except for this being in Japanese-occupied Korea and in Fingersmith, this is in Victorian British times. To say the least, I am definitely adding Fingersmith to my must-reads. And without giving too much of the film away, because I know that a full recap from me will never replace the angst and twists this film gives you, I'm going to give you listeners a mini recap to pique your interest, if you will. So the film opens up at a cottage in rural Korea when it was under Japanese rule around the early 1900s. In the small cottage, we meet Suki, a young woman with the reputation of having excellent pickpocketing and conning skills. She lives in that tiny space with some relatives who are also in the bootlegging business. One day, they receive a visitor, a man we learn is named Count Fujiwara. He visits Suki with the intention of hiring her to be the maid of a Japanese heiress named Lady Hideko, who's trapped living with her uncle, Uncle Kazuki. But of course... 
Count Fujiwara isn't planning to marry this heiress out of the kindness of his heart or because he loves her. He wants to marry her solely for the purpose of taking her money and then committing her to a mental institution. How gallant. Suki's job is then to persuade and encourage Lady Hideko to elope with the Count. So, after some bartering between the two, Suki agrees. Suki is then shipped to this huge mansion that is both lovely and creepy at the same time, totally my style. She's then led to where she'll be sleeping, which is not with the other maids of the house, but a closet right outside of her mistress's doors. How close and convenient. And what seemed like an easy plan to persuade her mistress to marry the Count ends up being a lot more complicated when a mutual, steamy attraction evolves between Suki and Lady Hideko. This film has a lot of twists and turns and even saying that I feel like I'm spoiling it so I will try my hardest to speak on its themes without giving away too much. So let's just let's just call that elephant in the room. <laughs> This film is very erotic, and I don't mean in the love scenes, but in the subject matter covered in the film. We are shown a lot of erotica in both pleasing and in unsettling ways. I really commend the filmmakers in finding a balance between the two sides. Many critics found this film to be too pornographic and submitting itself to the toxic male gaze of how lesbians are often regarded in media and other films. Another film that comes to mind that got a lot of heat for submitting to this male gaze was Abdelatif Kashish's 2013 Blue is the Warmest Color, also known as La Vida del. However, as highly regarded as La Vida del is in Hollywood for its raw depiction of young love, lust, and heartbreak, it's been rumored that actors Lea Sido and Adele Exarchopoulos were unhappy with the making of the sex scenes because they reported, or allegedly reported, some mistreatment from the director, Kashish. I myself enjoyed Blue is the Warmest Color, aka La Vida del, because the actors were just simply magnificent. And although the sex scenes were questionable and borderline unrealistic, the mutual attraction and the scenes of their budding romance and the eventual dismantling of their relationship was just, was just beautiful and very realistic to me anyway. Back to The Handmaiden. As written by Autostraddle staff writer Kayla Kumari Upaja, and I quote, The sex Hideko and Suki have is explicit, but it isn't exploitative and violent. There's deception, but there's also true intimacy and emotion. Hideko and Suki are giving themselves access to explicit fantasies that previously were only for the benefit of men, unquote. That was so lovingly said. In the film, we see the mistreatment both female characters experience from the men in their life, especially sexual mistreatment, whether it's from Lady Hideko from her creepy uncle or Suki from the Count. These women are told in many ways that their sex and their own sexual desire is limited and therefore only for the pleasure of men. The love scenes are a bit extreme and a bit comical, but it's done on purpose because you do get a feeling as though the actors are performing for the viewer, for that male gaze, while at the same time, there is a bit of genuineness because both are experiencing and expressing real lust and desire for one another. 
Another aspect of this film that is not as visible as the homoerotic tension between Suki and Lady Hideko is the Japanese invasion of Korea during the early to mid-1900s, 1910 to 1945 to be exact. During this time, Japan had established Korea as another colony to Japan. And while it did provide Korea with a lot of perks in infrastructure, the making of roads, and industrialization, the society in Korea, along with their cultural identity, was at stake. Historical buildings were torn down, and many Koreans were forced to change their original Korean names to Japanese surnames. And if that did not bother you enough, <laughs> it gets better. It was reported that many young Korean girls and women were forced to become prostitutes and sex slaves for the imperial Japanese soldiers. Alongside Korean women were also Chinese, Dutch, Australian, and Southeast Asian women that were abducted from their homes as well by these Japanese imperialists. These women were then called comfort women. Once you've watched The Handmaiden, the parallels between the history of the comfort women along with the growing sexuality and attraction between Lady Hideko and Suki, a lot of it starts to make sense. And again, I am trying not to spoil it, but it really does parallel one another. I am such a sucker for a good foreign international period film. They provide a kind of escape from the real world and if you like films that leave you on the edge of your seat, divided into three parts and over two hours long, filled with twists and turns that you just did not expect, I highly suggest that you watch The Handmaiden because it's fun, it's twisted, and also heartwarming. If you haven't read Fingersmith by Sarah Waters, then you will be surprised, as I was. And if you have read Fingersmith, you will enjoy it as well. Oh, and the queer scenes are just deliciously inviting. If you want to see The Handmaiden, it is available to stream on Amazon Prime Video and available to rent on Vudu and iTunes. I thank you all for listening to this episode of Movies a la Queer. If you haven't done so already, please follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever that you listen to podcasts. And while you do that, I would love it if you would leave a five-star rating. It would really, really greatly help others find Movies a la Queer in their searches. And if you have a film suggestion or request, send them to moviesalaqueer at gmail.com. You can also follow Movies a la Queer podcast on Instagram at moviesalaqueer for all other updates. This is Sarita Ramirez. Stay warm, stay safe. And stay at home if you can. I will see you next week with another episode. Bye.